I am currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. I am no longer engaged and I am living my best fucking life. We love that for you. We absolutely love that for you. Yeah. Yes. We are back for episode 24 of GMTA. Crazy. I can't believe it's been this many episodes already. Um, But Sam and I are super excited to welcome you all today for a very special episode because we have another guest this week. And she is someone that you guys have heard about on the pod before, but have never really been introduced to. Yeah, um, uh, it is Spoiler alert, if you haven't already read it in our caption or in the um, name of the podcast, it is my best friend and college roommate, Morgan Peters. Uh, like Ashley said, you've all you've all heard about her. You know her. You love her. And I'm just going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself a little bit um, and, you know, just kind of talk about, I don't know, I guess we talk about briefly how you met me and Ashley, and then we'll get into like your story and the reason mm-hmm. why you're here. Yeah. So, hey, GMTA listeners, I have <laughs> listened to this podcast for so long. I love it. Um, Sam and I met freshman year of college in 2016. Uh, we were in acapella <laughs> together. I know. It's not, it sounds, or it feels like forever ago. Oh um, but I'm, I'm sure you know, Sam and I were in acapella, secondary dominance. Um, I think, how did the story go, Sam? You, we like left callbacks and you didn't yeah, know my name so, or you didn't have my number or something. Yeah. I like, so, that, so, so I, um, <laughs> I thought Morgan was so fun at auditions, but I didn't know her name, didn't know her number or anything. And Megan Pellock, who I think she listens to the podcast, shout out to Meg Powell, was standing outside of like callbacks. And I had noticed that she was talking to Morgan a lot. So I figured like, oh, they know each other. And I was like, hey, like, what's her name? And she was like, oh, that's Morgan. We were like, Morgan, come back here. And so she came back. We exchanged phone (laughs) numbers and the rest was history. Yeah. Yep. So we were, we didn't live together freshman year. And then we lived together sophomore through senior year, me and Sammy B. So we did acapella all of those years together. And then after we both graduated and left, I think that's when I met Ashley. I I feel like it was maybe senior year or like after graduation. I think senior year, we like had a very brief interaction at one of the shows. Yes one of your senior shows and then um we literally hung out for the first time um for your birthday after it was like this past summer it was yeah last fall it was after everything that we're gonna talk about today after all of that went down yeah um but yeah like morgan said met in 2016 um we you know spent we lived together for three years so watched Mm -hmm. each other you know go through situationships and meet different guys and date different guys. And, um, 
you know, this uh, situation we're going to talk about today, I think is like really probably, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but probably one of the most <laughs> defining um, relationships that you've, you know, experienced in your life. Yeah, it was so Take us back. Long... Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Take, take us back a year ago today. Where were you a year okay. ago today? A year ago today, I was in St. Louis, Missouri. I was doing my music therapy internship. I had to do like a six month internship to get my degree or whatever. Um, so I was in St. Louis and my, uh, my relationship partner was in Wisconsin. So we were doing long distance and we were engaged. I had a ring on my finger. I was planning a wedding. I was so like perfectly set in my life. I was ready for the future, you know? So I was, I was doing all that and probably stressing the fuck out about wedding planning and trying to do music therapy on top of that. Mm -hmm. And having a long distance relationship. So it was all kind of, all kind of crazy. And I think, you know, those close to you know that your life looks quite different today than it did a year ago. Um, oh yes. So for those that don't know, where are you today? <laughs> like if we fast forward the entire story that we're going to dive into, yeah. <laughs> where are you now? I am currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. I am no longer engaged and I am living my best fucking life. We love that there for you. Go. We absolutely love that for you. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Mm -hmm. So crazy to think about how much can change in just like a matter of seconds. Yeah. Well, Literally seconds, but 365 yeah. days, you were in a completely different spot. I'm sure a completely different headspace. Um, and you know, I, Obviously, I, I knew a lot about what was going on because, you know, you would update me and when you were going through this, but this is going to be Ashley's first time really like hearing it all mm -hmm. directly from your mouth. Like, yeah, she's heard bits and pieces of <laughs> this wild story from me, but you know, this is going to be really organic for Ashley yeah. to, get to hear. And honestly, like for me to rehash it all, and I'm sure for you to rehash right. it almost a year later in detail is just going to feel probably so wild. <laughs> How are you feeling? Are you nervous at all? Um, I'm not nervous. No, I'm like ready to like talk about it and get it the fuck off my chest. And because I know we've been, we've been planning this and we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. And Sammy B brought it up today that it's almost been a year since it's happened. So that's it, so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm ready to, share my side of the story. Yeah. Okay. Just dive in from where. So uh, like, like you said, you are no longer engaged. Yeah. Dive nope. in from the beginning of the end or you know what? No, actually start at start. Give us like a brief rundown of like how you met, how long you dated, what uh -huh. things were like at the beginning of that relationship. And then and then give us the the details about yeah. know, the beginning of the end mm -hmm. and, and the whole actual story, but a little bit of background information you know, right. about right. the relationship first. Yeah. So 
Sam, what should we call him? Ooh. Because I know that... Him... Yeah, we call him <laughs> fuckface. So let's... <laughs> can I can I say that? Can I do yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So... <laughs> fuckface and I met in high school. <laughs> I was... Yeah a sophomore in high school and he was a junior in high school and we dated in high school for a year and a half. Some shit kind of went down. I was so, so for him. I was like, he is perfect. He's great. Loved him, you know? So, but then shit went down and three years went by before we rekindled our relationship. We saw each other at um, a graduation party of a friend that we both knew. And he actually Facebook messaged my mom to apologize to her for everything that he had done in the past. Then proceeded to message me and add me back on Snapchat because his ex-girlfriend had him like blocked on everything. So he messaged me on Snapchat, this huge long thing, apologizing for what he did in our past relationship. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we can be friends. Let's go get ice cream, talk about our lives. We'll see what, we'll see how it goes. So after that date, uh, we decided that we were going to get back together. You're going to try it out again. And in the beginning, I, sw I swear to God, he was so in love with me and I was so in love with him. And we were like, perfect. Everything synced. We knew what we wanted. We knew what our future was. We were like, yeah, this is it. We were both right there. We knew exactly what each other wanted. So we did long distance while I was in college. Um, I was at Illinois State, and he was back in Wisconsin, where we both live. And we went all junior and senior year of college doing long distance. And then the pandemic hit. I moved home, and I moved in with him. And for the time, from the time of the pandemic starting to the time I got my internship, we lived together. We got a puppy together and he proposed and everything was so great. I had no worries at all. I was so confident in our relationship. He made it feel like he was confident in our relationship and he reassured me that everything was fine. We were going to make it through. Six months, no big deal. We had done two years of long distance in college. So this was, this was nothing. And then things kind of got a little wonky. Um, about this time last year, he told me that a girl had asked him to help renovate a party bus. And literally the faces, yeah, yeah. Help renovate a party bus. 
Mind you, to those of you that don't know this man, don't know anything about him, he has no experience renovating anything ever. So this is like, what? No, he's not a handyman at all. So so I was like, you are going to help renovate a party bus? Like, are, are there other people? Did she ask other people to help? Like, that's strange that she would just ask you. Mind you, she is a bartender at his uncle's bar and apparently from what i found out he was going to this bar a lot more often than he told me about so she or she asked him to renovate this bus he says yes without consulting me about it we then go into a what the fuck I'm anxious as shit. I have absolutely no idea what's happening at home because I'm in St. Louis. He won't tell me anything. He's being weird. He's gaslighting me. He's being a narcissist. He's telling me, you you have always trusted me. Like, why can't you trust me now? Like, there's nothing to worry about. She's just a friend. She's just a friend. She's just a friend. She's just a fucking friend. And so I know my body is telling me, Morgan, there is something wrong. There is absolutely something wrong. But you know what? He's never done anything. So just trust him. Everything's going to be okay. You're getting married. You're engaged. He would never jeopardize that. And so I move on. I get over myself. September comes around. I decide to fly home. I decide to surprise him. Take a trip. I go home. He's sitting on the recliner. And he, I walk in the door and he looks like he just shit his pants. And at the time I thought it was because of excitement. I thought he was so happy to see me. Oh my gosh. You know, like his, his fiance just surprised him at home. How great is that? Come to find out he is Snapchatting other girls while I'm there, like in his arms. And he says... They're just friends. Don't use Snapchat guys. And that's when, that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this could be a little bit more than what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have to leave. I fly back to St. Louis. I'm sobbing on the plane. And he sends me this beautiful beautiful message saying, I love you so much. We're going to get through this only a couple more months. Like you can do this. I promise you, like we're going to get through this. And at the end of it, you're going to come home and we're going to get married. I was like, okay, like ease, ease my, ease my nerves a little bit. I shit you not a week fucking later. He tells me he needs a break. He Snapchats me saying that he needs a break. Wait, 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 wait. He snapped her fiance. Fiance. My not- she's getting planning to marry at this point a year later, almost a year on the nose later. Snapchats yeah. her to tell her that he needs a break. A break from his fiance. <laughs> 
Wait, he didn't even have like the decency to like call you or like no send you a text, a fucking Snapchat. Are you in high school? Are you in middle school? Oh my god, that's right? even worse than like when Joe Jonas like texted <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. What? I know. So okay. I immediately called him because I'm mature enough to know that this conversation is not going to happen over fucking Snapchat. Snapchat. Oh my Snapchat. god. Oh boy. So I'm FaceTiming him and I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean you need a break? I'm not there. I'm not home. Like, you don't see me. What do you mean you need a break? And he goes, I need a week's break. No contact. None. Don't Snapchat me. Don't call me. Don't text me. Nothing. So I... Sorry, at the time, no, you're I, mean, good. I know a little, I, I know a little bit about this, but, um, and you don't have to, we don't have to share this if you're not comfortable sharing That's it on okay. the actual podcast, but at the time, what, what was his justification or reason for needing this break? Um, he told me, <laughs> actually, I remember exactly what it is. He told me that he felt like he was losing himself. He felt like I was a blanket and I was covering up his demons in his mind so that he couldn't deal with them himself. I was his blanket. Like he didn't want to hurt me because I was in his life to deal with his own shit. So he said, I need a break. I need to find myself. Okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I give him the fucking week's break, okay? I give him a week. A week comes around. His best friend. This little, little birdie. <laughs> this little birdie told me. She texted me. Actually, no, she called me. She called me. She called me the day before me and fuckface were supposed to talk. And she goes, hey, he just called me and said, and asked me to tell you that he needs another day. He can't talk to you tomorrow. He can't talk, he can't talk to you because he's out drinking with his father and would rather spend time with his dad drunk than to talk about your relationship. So I don't even have words. And I've heard this story before. (laughs) Very heavy eye roll. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I just get mad. I get so mad. Luckily, I was actually with Janine and Megan Pellock, two girls who lived like 30, 45 minutes away from my town in St. Louis. So I'm driving to them. I'm driving to them. I'm saying my fiance doesn't want to fucking talk to me tomorrow. He wants to take another day. 
He is wasting another day of not talking to his fucking fiance to go out and get drunk. So what do I do? I went out and I got drunk. I said, As you, you Yeah. I said, this is not okay. I'm so ungodly pissed right now that you think that you can take another day. You just think when you he, can. When he's already, you've, you've already given him a week mm-hmm. of I've, no contact. Yeah. Is, yeah. What is one more day going to do? One more him? day. Yep. And come to find out he was going to this bar that this girl who asked him to uh, renovate this bus with, he was going to her bar every single night. Every night he was there. So tell me that he was taking time for himself. Yeah, that's that's what he was doing. He was finding himself. Okay. And, and mind you, this bar is like 45 minutes away, right? Like it's, it's not... A- in the town. No, this is a... It's, it is an effort to get to and from this bar. Right, right. There is no reason why he should be going to this bar. Because this man's parents own a bar that is 30 feet outside our house. 30 feet. So he's going to this bar to see this girl. Okay, whatever. Monday comes around. This fucker has the audacity to text me at 8.30 a.m. When I start work, this huge, long paragraph about how he needs three more days. I forgot about this part. I don't think you told me this part. Three more days? He said... I don't know if you told me this part even, actually. He said, I need a couple more days to think about this. Think about what? Like, I thought you just needed a break from me. We were going to talk about it, move on with our lives. No. uh Uh-uh. So, I mean, this text message says so many things. So many things like, I need more time to think about it. You are a blanket to me. You don't listen to me. You always try and fix me. Um, a bunch of shit about how I'm trash. And I'm literally on a phone. I'm on a, a meeting. I'm on a video chat meeting for work when I get this message. So I turn my video off. And I text him back. I said, we are not doing this. We are absolutely not doing this. Not over text. You do not get three more days to think about this because I know what you've been doing and you haven't been thinking about this. So I text him. I said, nope, not doing this. I will call you after work. This man has the audacity to say, I can't talk to you after work because I'm going to the bar and I'm going to play dart. Yes, because that is such a priority. I'm going to play darts instead <laughs> of potentially end and or save my engagement. Grow up. Yeah. Yep. And I said, I know how much time it takes you from when you get done with work and when I get done with work and what time you need to be at the bar. So 
I will call you when I'm done with work. And so I called him when I, at 5.30 in the afternoon, October 11th, I called him and I said, what's going on? Like what, what's happening? And this man has no idea what to say to me. He has absolutely no idea what to say. He keeps saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck do you mean you don't know? Do you want to be with me or do you not want to be with me? Do you want to get married, have children, and have a life together? Or do you not fucking want that? Like, why did you do it's it in the first very place? very simple. Yeah. Very simple, you know, answer there. Yes. So oh I'm literally prompting him with questions. I feel like a teacher. Like, okay, what, <laughs> how does this make you feel? What do you want to do now? Like, do you want to <laughs> be with me or do you not want to be with me? And he just keeps saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Morgan. I don't know. And I'm like, the answer is fucking clear. You can... Like, <laughs> you the answer is clear, fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's up to you because I know what I want to do. This is all up to you. I, you decide. You decide if you get to ruin our future together and either be a couple or not be a couple. What do you want to do? It's up to you. I'm not making this decision. And he says, I think we should break up. And I lost it. The life that I had pictured, I was so certain about just like crumbled on this phone and I'm sobbing. He starts fucking crying. And I just go, what the fuck changed? What changed from three months ago when we were planning on moving, starting a life, buying a house to now what fucking changed? And he could not give me an answer. Mm -mm. He could, he could say anything. He couldn't say anything. And then finally he got out the words. I just feel like I lost myself. And that was that. So I said, okay, I wiped away my tears, sucked it the fuck up. And I said, what do we do now? Because I have all of my shit at our house, the house that we live in together. We got a fucking dog together. We spent thousands of dollars on our wedding already. Like I had down payments. I had venues picked out everything. I was it was, it was going to be this year. Practically, the only thing you 
didn't have was your dress. Yeah. Thank the fucking God. Wow. Thank yeah. God. Because I'm a planner. I plan everything. As soon as he engaged, or as soon as he proposed, I was like, okay, let's fucking do this. Let's plan a goddamn mm-hmm. wedding. Who would it be? Yeah, it's exciting. It's, right. it's what is the best days of your life is supposed to be your wedding. Yeah. So I say, you have ruined everything. Like, you just threw everything away. Everything. And... I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to you. And this motherfucker has the audacity to say, well, maybe when you're done with your internship, like we can like see where we're both at. Oh, so you just want to break off our engagement and then we can just see where we're at when I get home. Yeah. Nice. I'm so annoying. And then I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. Wait another two months to maybe it's see agonizing. if you want me back. Exactly. No fucking way. No. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll talk to you when I am done with my internship because I have to come back and get my shit. Like, I have to. I've got all of my stuff at his house. Mm -hmm. So then (laughs) he ends the conversation with, I I still love you. (laughs) As if. Goodbye, Sarah. What? You're kidding me. You're kidding me. Weirdo. As if that makes anything better. Even if that really is how he felt. As if that would make you feel even slightly better. So that was that. And honestly, I think the stuff that happened after that is even juicier than what I just told you. Tell us all the tea. Spill. (laughs) So a week goes by. And I hear from a friend that this, that, that fuck face was seen making out with the bitch bartender at a different bar while we were on our break. And me and him had, had said, I'm not going to do anything with other people. This is just for us. Like, we're just going to, you know, I'm no one else. No one else will be, you know, like. We're, I'm not. We're not you're still engaged. Yes, you're still engaged at that point. Yes. This bar that they were making out in is a bar that my fucking family goes to. Luckily, they weren't there that night. But he was making out with it with this bitch at a bar that my family goes to while we were still fucking engaged. While we were still engaged. So I find this out. And I'm like, that's it. I'm taking everything back. I'm asking for every single fucking down payment deposit that we made, that I paid for. My parents paid or chipped in $2,500 for our venue. You think I'm just going to let that go down the drain? 
Fuck no. Fuck no. You're paying it back, sir. You are absolutely paying my parents back. So I confront him about it. I said, here's how much money I need because you fucked me over. You broke off the wedding. He says, no. And I said, no. He said, no. I said, no, yeah, you, yeah, you have to. Like, you broke it off. This is your fault. You will pay my parents back. You will pay me back. And I will get what I want. So he goes into this whole, like, this is over text, by the way. He's telling me, oh, my gosh, I thought you would never do this. I thought we could be cordial, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't believe you're making me pay this much money. Like, I put in uh, money for the deposits, too. And I'm like, give me this money. Yeah, and I want my fucking money back that you're the reason why this is so far. God. So our text message... Our text messages back and forth were nasty. And that's when I confronted him about him cheating on me and making out with a girl in another bar. And he proceeded to lie. No way he would own up to the fact that he did it. And then I finally got him to admit that he fucking did it. And that's when I lost all respect. Uh, How could someone who loved me so dearly propose to me, want to start a life together, get a dog together, go out and cheat on me? Like, what? How How is that possible? How in your right fucking mind can you do that to someone? So we got into it over text. And then he asked for the ring back. He asked for the key to the house back. And he wanted me to mail them. He wanted me to mail the key and the ring. And I said, absolutely not. Like, no, you're not, I'm not mailing you this shit. I will give it to you in person. You, you would lie and say that you never got the ring and then I would have to pay for the ring. No fucking way is that happening. No way. So I waited until Thanksgiving. And I, up until Thanksgiving, I had heard so many other lies that he had told me come come to truth. He told me that he dropped someone, he dropped a friend off at a, uh, at a different bar one night, found out, He was actually at this girl's house. Another night, he said that his friend drove him home from a bar when it was actually this girl who drove him home from the bar. We had cameras in our house, and I would look at them regularly because I missed my dogs, and I wanted to see, like, what everyone was up to. Somehow, they got shut off one day, and they never went back on. And I just assume that's because this bitch was in our house. Um, So then I found out from the little birdie, who is Fuckface's best friend, 
that she was covering for him. And she lied to me about all of these things that they were doing together so that he could go be with this bitch. While we were dating. This was before the break. This wasn't, this wasn't during the break. This wasn't after the breakup. This was while we were engaged. And the, and the break was not even in question. And this whole time she is like acting like she is good friends with you. Yeah. She said she has, she had no idea. Home. Like. Fuck face. Oh, she said no. (laughs) Fuck, fuck face is, fuck face is doing something else. Like I'm not with him. Or she would say that she was with him. And she was lying. She lied to me about it. So then I have. I'm, I hear all of this and I'm like, no, I need my shit out of there right now. I need someone to go over to this house and go grab my shit before he burns it or before he throws it away or before this, before this girl moves in, you know, because yeah. So I have one of my, one of my good friends from home who told me about him making up with this other girl. Um, I have her go over to the house. And I tell Fuckface that she's coming over to the house. You better have it unlocked. She's grabbing all my shit. I don't, I don't even want to come back to see the house, to see you. I don't. The only thing I would want to do is say goodbye to my dogs. So my friend goes and grabs my shit. She goes into uh, the bedroom. Mind you, Fuckface and I are texting back and forth about what's mine what I can and cannot take. And if he does, if, if my friend has a question about anything that he can contact him, he can, he can ask her if he can take the shit that's supposed to be mine. So she gets in the house. She goes, Morgan, it smells like weed in here. And fuckface is so against weed. So against drugs doesn't believe that anyone should like be able to cope with anything with weed. So when he found out that I smoked weed once, he fucking freaked out. So the fact that it smelled like weed in our bedroom either means that he had a girl over who was smoking weed or he's fucking smoking weed himself and he would never do that. Then I find out from my friend who is doing this stuff at uh, the house, his mom, so Fuckface's mom, saw a car that she didn't recognize in our driveway, like the week after we had ended the engagement. And she confronts Fuckface about it and says, Whose car is that? He says, oh, it's just friends. She goes, if that is another girl's car in your driveway, get her the fuck out. And he goes, no, it's just a friend. It's just a friend. So his mom goes over to the house, opens the door and kicks this bitch out. Because she was sleeping 
in his bed a week after he ends our fucking engagement. His bed that's technically still your bed together. Yes. It's technically still your your house. Yes. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So it was nice to know that she was on my side for that because everything else she was not. And then Thanksgiving Thanksgiving comes around and I go home. I don't want to go home. I am dreading going home because this is about a month and a half after the fact. So I haven't, I haven't seen him. I haven't talked to him since our, since my friend went over and I got my shit. I text him saying that I'm home. This is the day that I'm going to come over and get my shit, the rest of my shit, because my friend couldn't fit it all into her car. And I'm going to say goodbye to the dogs. And he has the audacity to tell me, no, you can come over this day at this time. And I will not be there. My mom will let you in. Coward. Hmm. You're joking. You're fucking kidding me. You, you don't have any, you don't want to, you don't want to see me. You don't want to see the person that you were about to spend the rest of your life with. You don't want to say goodbye. You don't want to see my face. You don't want to get yelled at for being a fucking douchebag. Wow. That's really, that's really cool. Really mature. Really fucking mature. What a loser. He is the biggest loser. And I took my shit. Said goodbye to my dogs. That broke my heart more than ending the engagement. And his mom hugged me and said, you are going to go so far in life. I'm so sorry for what my son did to you. And I left. I gave her the ring because he wasn't there. I gave her the ring because I'm also the nicest person. Shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And then I left. And I have not spoken or seen to him since. Seen him since. Good for you. And it we don't need that energy. Yeah. No. It's just uh-uh. ins- like insane to me. Like, I, first of all, I'm glad that you didn't see him. I would have never wanted you to see him again because, for the record, I always fucking hated this bitch. Um, but, <laughs> I, <laughs> anywho, um, I'm glad you never saw him again. But just like imagine, like anyone listening to this, imagine one day you were going to marry someone and then like a couple months later, you literally never saw them ever again. Like, what in. What world is that normal? And like, why? I, I don't understand what his his thought process was. And like, oh yeah, let me just be a fucking coward. I like and not even face the women that I I did all of this to, and not even apologize so much as take the rings, be a man, look at you in the face, and take the rings back from you in person. His mommy had to do it for him. 
small dick energy. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that gives off small dick energy. It just well, <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I did not realize, though, like how fresh this was um, when I saw you for what was it your birthday party correct yeah Yeah. it was was about three weeks (laughs) yeah so I thought I honestly like looking at it today I thought that it had been like over a month at least since the two of you had like ended things because I kind of knew about the situation a little bit beforehand um because I remember we were like the one note of like the party was let's give Morgan the best time of her (laughs) life (laughs) um (laughs) But I didn't realize that it was that quick. And, like, honestly, like, when I saw you, like, you were you were thriving. Yeah. You were absolutely thriving. Like, just living life. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know that this breakup at first was really painful for you. But now has turned out to be, like, one of the best things that's probably ever happened to you. Um, and looking back, um, what like looking back at the moment that you knew that it was over, that you knew either, either the moment he told you it was over the moment, you know, in your heart that you knew yourself that it was going to be over. What were you feeling in that moment? And what do you wish that you could tell yourself now looking back? Um, I think the moment I knew was when this little birdie told me that he wasn't going to talk to me the the day we were supposed to talk after our week break I think that's when I knew I was telling Janine I was saying I am 80 20 80 percent thinking that he's gonna break this off 20 percent thinking that we're gonna work through it and my thought was Morgan how how could he do this to you? How could the, what you thought was the love of your life take another day to not want to talk to you? If this was the love of your life, he would be doing everything in his fucking power to talk to you, to get you back, to never, ever, ever take a break. Like you would confront, he would confront the situation right then and there. And I Absolutely. think. Mm-hmm. I had those, I had those thoughts going through my mind and that's why I, I was like, not as shocked when he finally told me that we, he was going to end it because I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew I had this feeling. I, I wasn't going to get my hopes up. I had this feeling that he was going to end it. And if I could tell myself anything, um, it would be to have never uh said yes to an ice cream date um at the beginning of our relationship <laughs> i should have just left him in the dust and said thank you for the apology you're i, I forgive you <laughs> goodbye you know um but no if i could if i could tell myself anything in that moment i would say this is the best fucking thing that's ever gonna happen to you like you were settling don't ever fucking settle again. See, and like you don't realize it like in that moment because you think it's the end of the world because, you know, it 
obviously it's a shitty fucking situation and I don't wish situations like that upon anyone, but sometimes they have to happen. But, you know, just going through all those emotions, like I'm pretty fucking certain, like it literally felt like the end of the world for you. So snaps to you for being able to get through it all because it just shows like how strong of a person you are. Um, And clearly you're better off without him. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, when there's, you know, something like that, like, like you've said so many times, this was someone that you were literally planning a future and a life with. And funny enough, all three of us actually see the same therapist. But when when my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, I remember saying like, it's not even about him. Like, I don't even like really not, I don't care about him. Cause like, obviously when we first broke up, I was hurt. I cared about him, but I was like, this isn't even so much about him as it is about me feeling hurt and feeling crushed and my ego being bruised and me being upset that I don't know what I'm doing next. And, um, yeah. she, something that my therapist or our therapist kept like writing home is that it it was like this idea of the loss of the dream, Mm -hmm. the loss of like the dream of the life that you wanted to have with this person. And like the, the loss of this dream that may not have ever even actually come true. And, you know, you have these like rose colored glasses and all of that. And like you said that you, it really is one of the best things that's ever happened to you. Like what, where do you, do you think you would feel held back? Do you think you would have been happy in a relationship with him had you gone through with a marriage? Um, if, if he would have done what he did, but never told me and I like never found out, I knew that it would have come out at some point. Like I, I know, I know that he would have either done it again or he would have just been miserable and made my life miserable. If he didn't do what he did and we stayed together, I was already sacrificing so much of myself and I was compromising to a level that made him not even have to compromise. Like I was compromising my whole entire being to be in that relationship. And I honestly think if we would have gotten married, we would have gotten divorced or I just would have shut my mouth and lived with whatever was happening and thought that that was love. Wow. Isn't that sad? Isn't that fucking sad? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's so heartbreaking to think that I I know happen. (laughs) I know that we've kind of talked about this a little bit on the podcast before um, in terms of like not really like sometimes you're afraid to say something about your friend's significant other um, because you have like strong opinions and like obviously like you don't want to hurt your friends or like cause some kind of like rift in the like the relationship. Um, But I'm sure like, you know, it's no surprise now that a lot of your friends fucking hated fuckface. Um, (laughs) And I feel like, you know, the answer is a little obvious, but like, how would you have reacted if they had been honest with you in the moment? Like, I think it's clear as day that none of them wanted you to marry him. Um, 
and they again they literally hated him but <laughs> how do you think you would have felt and i know it's it's a really hard question to answer because obviously how you feel now is not how you felt in the past but how do you think you would have reacted if they would have confronted you when you did get engaged what if they kind of like expressed their opinions and were like hey we don't think that you should marry this guy like this is how we feel about him that is an amazing question. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I don't think the answer is that obvious. Like, I feel like everyone would have been like, oh my gosh, yeah, like, no, totally, you're right, you know? I probably would have been pissed. I probably would have said, you have absolutely no idea what happens between me and him. And mm -hmm. I, I, I love that you're looking out for me but I'm going to do it. Like, um, I, I, I see your concerns, but you don't know who he is by himself. Unfortunately, right. that is how I probably would have answered that question back then. And so, see, that's where I think, that's where I think the obvious answer comes from. I think that oh, okay. is a very, okay. cause I mean, Sam and I have talked about this. Like if anyone were to come after like you know my past relationship I probably would have defended the guy because when you're in a relationship with someone it's like again you're the only one that's like with them behind closed doors so like they see one side whereas like you see another and like you know to a certain extent I think a lot of people will put their significant other like above their friends in certain situations um just because it's like you know, you envision like a future with this person. And especially if you're getting engaged, like, you know, you think this is forever. And it's like, if you have your friends like coming after you, I think instinct is to be like, fuck off. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think that, you know, with, for those of you that don't know, me and Morgan lived with two other roommates in college, call ourselves the Coochies. It's a long story. They lived in the Coochie Hut. <laughs> the Coochie Hut. Yeah. Coochie Hut. Um, but Coochie Hut. I think that Coochie has all like, we have all kind of talked about it and said like, if there was ever a reason that we, the, the reason why we wouldn't have said anything is because we didn't want to offend you. We didn't want to hurt your feelings. And we didn't know what went on behind closed doors. But I think had that conversation where he ended things gone the other way and he was like oh I want to work on this with you I think at that point once we had seen his true colors for ourselves I think we would have been able to say something yeah and at that point I I would hope that you would because even in my mind I was like I don't know how we're gonna fix this like if he does want yeah. to go like if he does want to pursue me how how would I be okay with him just being like, it. how do you work past it? But also like, is he going to do it again? Like there's, you know, wait, uh, uh, the actual, like, I mean, I'm not big on religion, but the actual like idea of marriage is like till death do us part. There's not supposed to be breaks in a marriage. Right. What, like, 
you, he's doing you this... don't get breaks in real life. Right. You really no. don't. And, no. and breaks don't work. Breaks do not work. work. We've talked about they this a million times. They don't. Yeah. They either end in a breakup or they end in you continuing a relationship unhappy. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, kind of looking back at what, while we're doing the whole like looking back thing, mm-hmm. what would you say are, this is kind of a two-parter. Okay. What okay. are some of the things that he did at the beginning of the relationship that died as it went on? And what do you think are some of the red flags you might've missed that you now see were more obvious looking back? Um, oof, I might get emotional. Um, that's okay. At the beginning of our relationship, he was a sweetheart. He did everything for me. He wanted to be with me 24 seven. He was holding my hand in the car. He was opening doors for me. He was buying me flowers and just like everything that you want in a man. Right. He was doing, you know, all mm-hmm. of those sweet little like picture perfect boyfriend. Yes. Like this yeah. is what love is supposed to be. Like someone that you could show off and like, you know, be proud of because they're over here doing, you know, everything for you to make you feel like a princess, to make you feel like a right. queen. Right. And I would say the other big thing that he used to do or he did in the beginning and it didn't happen anymore was stand up for me when it came to his mom. He used to pick my side every single time. He was always for me. He would tell his mom off if she made one single little comment at me. And then at the end, he started choosing her over me. And that broke my heart. And I knew it was happening and there was nothing I could do about it. And so I would say the biggest red flags that I missed, um, he was definitely a love bomber. He loved, bumped me all the time. He would send me so much money to like go get my stuff or like to go get whatever I needed um, to like go have fun because he didn't come see me while I was in St. Louis one time. He sent me $400. Like he was just, he was buying every single thing for me, spending all of this money on me to a point where I was like, Okay, I get it. Like, I, I understand. Like, you don't have to buy me all this shit. Like, I can buy my own sweatshirt or my own clothes at the store. Like, you don't have to send me money all the time. Like, I've got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another big red flag. And I, I feel ashamed that I let this happen. But uh, he would turn into a completely different person with some of his friends. And by that, I mean, he would make fun of me. Like he would call me a dumb blonde or he would say, Oh, she doesn't get it. Uh, Cause she's blonde, you know? 
and like jokes would like go over my head because I'm fucking mature and I don't have a brain of a 12 year old. Um, and he would say, Oh, you're, you know, you don't, you don't get it. Like, that's fine. We love you anyways, even though you're dumb, like we love you anyways. And him and his, him and his best friend, the little birdie, they would, they would, they would just be so rude to me. And I just, I sat there and took it. And I, I just thought that was, that was love. You know, you gotta just kind of take it sometimes. One time, this is a funny fucked up story. One time, him and this Liberty, they wanted to go out drinking. And I was like, I'll DD for you guys. <laughs> they made me chauffeur them around. So I was in the front seat driving by my fucking self while these two were in the back. Like giggling and having fun and like drinking in my car. And I was like, ha ha ha, this is so funny. Like, ha ha. And then I was like, all right, guys, we got to the bar. Then they were like, no, 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 no. Like, you're, you stand over there. Like, you're just our chauffeur. Like, we're going to go have fun. And that's when I thought something was happening between those two. And I got so insecure. That was before Fuckface and I were even engaged. So... Yeah, that was, that was fucked up. And I just let a lot of things happen because I thought, you know, he had mental health issues, um, but he wouldn't help himself. So I was just like, okay, you know what? Like he's having a hard day. Just give him this, you know, you love him. This is love. You're fine. And that is not love. And I can tell myself now that I will never fucking do that again. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just I think mm-hmm. like, I think a common misconception with like being young and dealing with like some of the bullshit in a relationship is like love is supposed to hurt. Like people say love should be hard. People say love should hurt. And I've found like being in a relationship where it's not hard and where it never hurts that like that's so not love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think like, it was even something that I figured out before I was in this relationship. Like just when you're able to reflect and be removed from the situation, when you look back, you're like, holy shit. And you can't help but get a little bit angry at yourself. Yeah. Allowing yourself to, you know, deal with all of that. But then it's also like, there's at least with me, there's been a level of where I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, how did I feel about myself? Mm -hmm. How sad is that, that I didn't respect myself or care about myself enough to remove myself from that situation. That makes me really sad. And I wish I could go back and like give myself a hug. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that level of kind of being agitated with yourself, like, God damn it. Why am I such an idiot? Why did I miss this? But then also like having such grace for yourself to the point where it's like that I didn't know any better. This is just what I thought in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going back to that, like being mad at myself, like 
I seriously look back on that and I'm like, what the fuck were you thinking? What mm-hmm. were you thinking? Why did you let that happen? Why did you not say something? Why did you just bite your tongue? And even my parents, oh, girls, my parents were even like, yeah, we knew you were settling and like, there was no way of telling you because you were, you were set, you know, but we all, we always knew that you were settling. And I was like, how did I not see this? Like, how was I so blind? But I'm so incredibly thankful that I went through it. Like you said, I've grown so much as a person, Mm -hmm. so much as a person. And I actually took Sam up on her offer of giving me her therapist information I finally did it a couple months ago. So I've been talking to her and I have never felt better about myself, honestly. And like where I'm at in my life and my love life, honestly. So Morgan, I feel you on that one. Yeah. Like I think I think we all kind of just like praise Vicky because like yeah. I've been I've even passed Vicky's name around to people because I'm just like, she's a godsend. She's, she she's literally she's a godsend. Oh, I'm so thankful she's probably for her. listening right now, like blushing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's incredible. Um, she just I like know. she knows really exactly what to say and like how to how to get you to feel better. You know, and that's yes. what, that's what she I loved. So totally does. Um, but yeah, like you said, ultimately you are glad that this happened. Where where do you think you'd be if it didn't? Do you think that you feel, okay, not like literally, where do you think you'd be, but in terms of like how you feel about yourself and how, you know, how much you feel like you've grown, how much you feel like you've matured. Do you think you would have stayed in that place? Do you think you would have, you know, gotten worse? Or do you think you would have been able to make all these leaps and, and bounds had you stayed, you know, in a relationship that was kind of holding you back? Oh my gosh. Um, thinking about it. The whole relationship was toxic and he didn't want to get help. So I felt like I couldn't get any help. And in our, in our small town, therapy is so like frowned upon for some reason. It's like, if you go to therapy, you're fucked up. Like even some of the people I know are like, no, you're just sad. Like depression isn't real. You know, you're just going through a phase, no problem. So it was, it was so frowned upon that. I, I think I would be worse. I honestly think if I was still in that toxic relationship that I would not feel like myself, I don't think I'd ever be able to express myself. I don't know if I would ever be a music therapist, honestly, either because I think I would compromise that and work at his parents' bar the rest of my life, unfortunately. I think they would have talked to me into doing it and me never being able to do what I love to do. Um, I would still be in that town, that's for sure. And as much as I love my home and my my family, you you couldn't get me to go back there ever to live. Uh-uh. I can barely go back there to vacation, like to, to go visit. I, I can't go home. Not yet. I still can't go home. I, I hate it there. I absolutely hate it. So yeah, I would be way worse 
I'd be way worse. Wow. And what do you yeah. think is the, the biggest takeaway and like best lesson that you've learned At, or slash um, like to, advice you would tell someone else? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I've learned is to never compromise yourself. Like you can, you can compromise in a relationship, but don't ever compromise yourself. Don't give away part of your soul because you think that's what the other person needs. Like love is not supposed to be like that. And looking at some of the relationships that I idolize in my life, it's not. Like the people I know who are in love, who are in loving marriages, loving relationships, they don't compromise themselves. They do what they want. Their partner does what they want. They live together. They don't live like for each other. It's yeah. I think that's the, that's the biggest takeaway. And to just like put myself first, you know, I never put myself first in that relationship. I was never, ever, ever thinking about myself ever. So yeah. I think a big thing that we hear about relationships when one ends is like, oh, well now you're so much prepared for the next one or for the future, for the next relationship that you have. But, and, and while that's true, I think more importantly, you really learn a lot about yourself mm -hmm. and you learn a lot mm -hmm. about how to be alone and how to sit in like what you may have felt uncomfortable before. And I just really, I just have to say, I'm really proud of you. And I think that Oh, you've done so much you. like work on yourself and, you know, inner, inner work. And I just think like, had I been in your shoes, I don't know that I would have been able to be as strong and pick myself up the way that you did and be genuinely in such a good place in a year's time. So love you. I'm Thank really you. you. I, I, oh, I love you too. I would say. The biggest thing that got me through was my support system. Like, I don't think I'd be where I'm at if it wasn't for you or my friends or my family. Oh my gosh. My family were, they were so funny when we, when we were going through this breakup, they were like, my dad, my dad and brother. Oh my gosh. Some of the things they said, I will not repeat. But let's just say they <laughs> fucking, they fucking hate this guy. They hate him. So thank you. That means a lot. But I feel, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you need to hear that stuff. And like, it's really good that, you know, you have the support system that has your side because it, it just really does help in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nice knowing that people were seeing what I was seeing and it wasn't just me like i've got i've got receipts baby i've got fucking receipts <laughs> i how do i want to say this i have finally like gotten to the point of like wanting a relationship again and have like been totally open to the thought of 
like loving again or just like not being afraid to love again and like finding that and starting that journey. So like tying it all together, breakups suck. Cheating is awful. Fuck, fuck (laughs) face. But like you'll you'll get through it. Like it's hard, but people get through it. Absolutely. That is wonderful. And Morgan, I am so happy to hear that you're in a place where you feel like you're ready to, you know, be open again. I think that that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength because it, it's not easy. Yeah. And I am like getting emotional, just like thinking about it and thinking about like how, you know, good this like next step is like going to be for you. But like, truthfully, I think we can both speak from experience that like, the relationship after the worst heartbreak of your life is like one of the most beautiful things that you will ever experience. Yeah. Take it from two girls who were <laughs> literally cheated on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. I, maybe we have mentioned it, but Sam, we were both cheated Sam, on. Sam and I were yeah. both cheated on. Um, <laughs> And now we are in very happy and loving relationships. And Morgan, we cannot wait for you to find someone that gives you a very happy and loving relationship because you deserve it. You You truly do. Thank you so much. Thanks. We love you. Thank you for talking to us and thank you for coming on. Does it feel good to like get it all out? Yes. I feel so good. Like I've been, uh, we've been talking about the day forever. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know like how many times we can thank you for coming on and sharing this story because I know it's been a while, but obviously I feel like sharing is never like really easy when it's something that's so cut. So, so personal. Yeah. 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 It's good. But I feel so free. I feel so good. I fucking hate that. You're thriving. Oh my gosh. I am thriving. Yeah, me too. Yes. (laughs) Well, With all that being said, um, (laughs) that concludes episode 24. So thank you guys so much for listening this far. And again, huge shout out to Morgan. We will definitely link all of her info so you guys can give her a follow, message her if you'd like to. Contact her for music therapy. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Put that plug in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. And we will catch you guys in two weeks.